Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Expectable. I am so excited to tell you about a pregnancy app that is a must-have on your journey to motherhood. If you are pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you might have discovered that this period in time can create a bit of stress and anxiety, even for the most prepared parents. That's why I'm delighted to tell you about Expectful. Expectful is the mental health app for before, during, and after pregnancy. Seriously, guys, this app has so much for your overall health and well-being, and it was designed by a team of prenatal experts, holistic wellness practitioners, and mums who have experienced it all. You simply enter your guest date or birthday and receive weekly custom content throughout your pregnancy and postpartum journey. Expectful has a broad selection of over 3,000 meditations with unique collections for cycle tracking, IVF, birth and labor prep, nursing and pumping, postpartum depression, and more. They also have daily live events and Q&As with lactation consultants, nutritionists, pediatric sleep specialists, pelvic floor therapists, and maternal mental health experts. They've even included a hypnobirthing course that has received five-star reviews from thousands of mums. With Expectful's free seven-day trial, it's a no-brainer to give it a try. You can find Expectful in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Head to the App Store today or expectful.com to start your free trial. Welcome back, everyone. Today we hear the birth story of Daily. Madison's profession as a school teacher gave her the ability to take off four nurturing months at the end of her pregnancy, giving her an abundance of time to connect with her body and baby. She utilized this sacred time to dive deeply into all things physiological birth, learning the framework of what supports the hormonal flow of labor. Madison prepared a birth plan for her support team, detailing the elements she knew were essential for her to stay inward, riding the waves of her surges with such grace it took her by surprise when she suddenly felt the urge to push. She shares her experience with the artificial oxytocin injection and how she unexpectedly grieved her birth once it was over. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Madison. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, So my name is Madison. I'm 27. I live in South Australia in Adelaide. I am a school teacher. Um, My husband now is Damon. He is 31. He's a carpenter. And we've just recently had a little baby boy, uh, Daly Lincoln Williams, who was um, born in April. So he's almost four months old. Beautiful. So he would be an Aries baby? Yes, he is. Amazing. Love and Aries. (laughs) (laughs) Was he a planned conception? Yes, there um, there definitely was a plan um, for us to become parents. Uh, My husband, he has been very vocal about wanting to start a family for the past four years, but um, he's been very patient with me while I prioritised establishing my teaching career. Um, 
so that's always been, yeah, something that we've sort of been looking forward to. Um, we got engaged in 2019 and we did plan to have a very quick six-month turnaround for the engagement and get married quite quickly, um, but COVID happened and our wedding was postponed by 12 months. So mm-hmm. that also put uh, a big hold on our plans for um, conceiving as well. Yeah. Um, we were lucky to get married uh, May last year and we began trying to conceive um that month and we were very fortunate to fall pregnant three cycles later wonderful was there anything you did in the lead up to that to sort of get your body prepared for pregnancy yeah definitely um probably I'd say two years prior um I came off of all hormonal contraception I really just wanted like my body to find its own natural rhythm and just make sure that there wasn't um anything sort of yeah in my own body that wasn't you know natural um and sort of get back into a normal cycle. Um, so that was, yeah, for two years I was um, not on any hormonal contraception. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of just prioritising well-being and health and, yeah, just sort of, you know, trying to be in the best um, physical and mental shape to sort of, yeah, fall pregnant. Yeah, amazing. So how was that pregnancy for you? I was very fortunate to have a very smooth pregnancy. Um, I had a bit of fatigue and a little bit of morning nausea in the first trimester, um, but I was really lucky to never be sick or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, My second trimester, yeah, really energetic. And I had a smooth third trimester as well. I was um, very fortunate to be able to stay active throughout my whole pregnancy, which I was really grateful for. Um, I guess COVID was really the only thing that weighed heavily on my mind. Um, but other than that, yeah, my pregnancy itself was, it was, yeah, it was lovely. I really did enjoy being pregnant. So what was your perception of birth at that time? Did you have any fears surrounding giving birth? Um, I was really fortunate just because of the nature of my work. I, um, finished up teaching, uh, last year um, and then I didn't go back this year so um, Daly was born in April so I didn't work for four months prior to him actually being born so Amazing. I spent a lot of time just with myself um, in my own company just really connecting with bump and baby um, I spent I guess it is also ties in with just the nature of my work, but I love to learn. So as soon as I fell pregnant, I just dove deep into physiological birth and, you know, the birthing anatomy and, you know, just the the whole spectrum of what pregnancy is and the whole spectrum of what labour and birth can be like and, you know, prepping for postpartum. And, yeah, I really just dove deep into learning really I just you know would jump on the computer most days and you know search things up and listen to podcasts and um following Instagram accounts that sort of would give me information about you know what to expect and what I could do so yeah I spent those four months yeah diving deep into just you know the anatomy of birth and just how incredible our bodies are and just found it so fascinating what we do without even you know having to think about it, just what our bodies were made to do. It just became, yeah, just such a massive interest for me. Yeah. I think, and it's really unfortunate that movies really do set you up to think that it's like, you know, gush of water, water breaking, instantly screaming yeah. like that. It's really sad that that's how, um, you know, labour is depicted in movies. But, yeah, I definitely did have, you know, that, oh, I guess, yeah, a little bit of a fear towards, you know, what is it going to feel like? Is it really going to be that intense? But I was really lucky that, you um, you know, my mum, she, you know, she really spoke about, um, you know, her own labour and her own birth with me and my sister and just said that it was, yeah, euphoric, it was empowering. So I did sort of, yeah, I knew of that side, but then, yeah, you see movies and you just think, oh, my God, what is going to happen? Yeah, so true. <laughs> so I've definitely, um, yeah, started started one way and then yeah as it sort of like fell pregnant I just went nah I'm really gonna just you know take a new mindset on it and just yeah, really educated myself and just found that yeah I was excited I was I couldn't wait for it to so yeah I couldn't wait to experience it so Amazing. yeah definitely had a massive mindset change once falling pregnant yeah I love that so any resources that you found really helpful in the lead up to your birth to sort of get you educated and feeling so confident um what I found for myself personally, most helpful was actually birth photography and birth videography. Um, I think just, yeah, really becoming comfortable with what birth can look like helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it also definitely helped my husband as well. Um, I was quite nervous about, yeah, him just sort of being like, oh my God, what is going on? But yeah, so I'd, I'd send him a lot of stuff just so that he knew that, you know, 
this is what a normal birth can look like. You know, it's not what, you know, again, detach yourself from what movies depict as, but this is real, this is real birth, this is what birth is is like. So I found, yeah, videography and photography really helpful. Um, I listened, I can't even tell you how many birth stories I listened to um, and just listening to the spectrum, um, you know, not just honing in on the type of birth that I kind of want, you know, hoped for, but I listened to absolutely everything just that, again, I was, I felt really prepared and educated for anything to happen. And then actually, you know, if it did happen, then feeling calm in the moment, because I'd heard about someone having, you know, this euphoric experience with it happening this way. And, you know, just, yeah, just sort of feeling prepared for it to go anyway, and then remaining calm when things do change. Um, and there was a couple of Instagram accounts that I followed. Um, one was a Hannah Willsmore. Um, she's a private midwife in Adelaide. Um, she also runs a podcast. So I found her really, really helpful. And another Instagram account, Built to Birth. I think she's a doula, but she is incredible. She just really helped me set up my mindset towards um, a physiological birth as well. So yeah, those sorts of things. But no, I didn't actually do a class in the end. Um, But I did do sort of just lots of looking into like uh, breathing strategies and things like that myself. Yeah. So you've done all this education. What type of support did you end up choosing? So I... um, I ended up going back to my GP. Obviously, I started at my GP just to establish that, yep, we're pregnant, um, where to from here. Mm-hmm. And I initially started with shared care through my um, local public ho- hospital, which is actually where I was born. So it was a little bit of a Ooh. full circle moment. Um, but I only had one hospital visit at 13 weeks. Um, and that, I think that's just like the routine one where you sort of yeah, have your first hospital experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, I expressed my interest in wanting to join the midwifery group program um, that we have down as an option in the public system. And I was really luckily uh, accepted in, uh, I think I was around 16 weeks when I got accepted. And um, in that system, it's like a triage of care. So you have a main midwife and then two others in your triage. And um, that's your continuity of care. So once I'd um, been allocated my midwife, I had all following appointments with her. um, And if she was on shift at the time of me going into labour, she would also be there for the birth. Mm -hmm. So um, I had great continuity of care um, and... It was really nice that um, being in the midwifery group program, all of my midwife appointments from then on were at home. So I actually didn't end up going to hospital again for the rest of my pregnancy or my postpartum. So that was really lovely, just having the care from inside my own home, my little safe place, like comfort zone. So that was really lovely having them always coming out to the house, um, especially in that third trimester where they're coming out fortnightly. Um, It was really nice just knowing that, yeah, I'd be um, seeing them in my own home, which was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of get that opportunity to create a friendship with them, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When we sort of uh, disconnected, like, um, discontinued our care, um, I think it was about six weeks postpartum. Um, yeah, we both like got a little bit emotional oh. and, and I was sort of saying like, you know, my next baby, I'll definitely be like asking for you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it did sort of feel like yeah I was saying goodbye to like a friend like she you know she'd been such a massive part of my life for the you know months prior um you really do build such a close relationship um with your midwife yep so important yeah absolutely so should we jump now to the end of your pregnancy and that first sign of labor starting how are you feeling in those last few weeks um I really did feel yeah, I felt fine right up until the very end of my pregnancy. I didn't really have anything that was sort of making me, you know, tick over and think, oh, is this something? Like I kind of had in my head that I'd go early mm-hmm. and I don't really know why because obviously every person's different, but my mum had both me and my sister in her 39th week of gestation. So I kind of had in my head 39 weeks, I'm going to be 39 weeks in something and I think I was almost even manifesting that because yeah. I was <laughs> I was so excited to experience it all. Um, but just, yeah, towards the pregnancy I did things like I went to acupuncture, um, I did, you know, the clary sage, the colostrum collecting, I had some labour-inducing massages, um, I did all of those things just to sort of, you know, I guess prep and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I definitely feel like they just sort of made me feel relaxed and sort of just, yeah, a bit more, um, calm leading into those last few weeks. Cause 
you know, when you sort of hit that 37 week, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it could happen any day, but it could also be in five weeks time. I really, I really struggled with the mindset at the end. So I definitely feel that. (laughs) You tell yourself 42, but then you get to 37 and you're like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. So from 37, I started doing all of those things. Um, But just, yeah, thinking about just, you know, in the days prior, um, I said, so I had a home birth, so, um, I prepped the room, um, that we were going to birth in. So, you know, put up my, um, affirmation shrine that I'd created. I just had this, yeah, this feeling of, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to set the room up and just leave it until the day happens. And I, I have a feeling that that might've been four days before I went into labor. Yeah. Um, so set the room up, you know, candles everywhere, you know, everything's ready to go. Um, and Three days prior, so the day after that, I noticed very significantly that my stomach had dropped. I was completely hollow all through the top of my stomach. So I was like, okay, like, yep, let's, you know, there's something's happening. So that was a bit exciting. Um, and then two days prior, uh, for the two days prior when it's a labour, I was sort of having um, like very dull period pains in the mornings when I'd wake up and I'd sort of just lay there and think, oh, is this something? But then as soon as I'd get up and start my day, they'd fizzle off. So, yeah, for two days prior, um, I was sort of, yeah, Obviously, my body was getting ready, but, um, yeah, that was sort of like in hindsight now I can say, oh, yeah, they were definitely all telltales that it was on its way. But in the moment I was like, don't get too excited. You know, you're only 39 weeks and a couple of days. Like, don't get too excited. But, yeah, yeah now with hindsight I can sort of, yeah, I can definitely see. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess just in terms of how labour um, officially started, um, I woke up on um, it was a Sunday morning. And just like the two mornings before, I had the slight period cramps and I was sort of thinking, oh, is this something? Is it not? Um, it was a Sunday morning, so me and my husband, we laid in bed for a little bit. And um, they stayed really inconsistent and they were so mild. It's exactly like what I heard that they felt like very dull period cramps. Um, but after a bit, I got up and they continued I hadn't said anything to my husband at this point because the prior two mornings I'd been like, oh, I've got cramps. And he'd be like, oh, my God, okay, it's happening. And then nothing would happen. So I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Um, Got up and, yeah, they actually continued. They were still very random, inconsistent. Um, And then I think after, yeah, maybe an hour of being up and them still continuing, I made a comment to my husband and just said, look, I, I think something could be happening, you know, don't get too excited. You know, it could be a really long time before, you know, anything actually really does get exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, these period like cramps, they sort of continued all day. They, they remained like really inconsistent. Um, all of them, you know, were very, very mild. Um, we just spent the day at home because I did, I felt pretty confident that I was in early labour. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just sort of, yeah, stayed home and hung out. We spent some time with, um, some time with the dogs. Um, we set the fire played some games we watched a movie in the afternoon just took the day really slowly like like, you know nothing too exciting or special but we just took it slow um and then I think around yeah 3 30 in the afternoon they completely stopped like completely stopped and I was so disheartened because all day I was like it's this is it this is you know this is something um so I just said to my husband like look let's go for a walk see if we can you know get something started again we walked around the block I did you know the curb walking we came home I bounced on the ball you know I tried everything to get it going again um and then after a couple of hours I just said look let's just have dinner have an early night who knows this could pick up during the night and we haven't even rested so yeah we had Early dinner, went to bed, I reckon, 8.30 pretty early and within an hour I woke up and the the period like cramps were back um, but they were much more intense than they were during the day. I really had to like roll around and twist in the bed just to sort of, yeah, when they'd come just to sort of put myself in a position where I was a bit more comfortable. So I reckon I laid in bed for maybe an hour just breathing through these before I got to a point where I just was really uncomfortable laying down in bed so I got up. And um, went into our lounge room where the fire was still going and just sort of sat out there. Um, my husband came straight out and I kind of said to him, look, go back to bed, you know, this could still be a while, you know, get some rest. But he was obviously a bit too excited by that point. So he stayed with me and, yeah, we just sort of sat there with the fire going. It was really peaceful. Um, it was, a, yeah, it was cooler weather so it was quite nice sort of just sitting in front of the fire just sort of breathing through the contractions at this point um I'm completely unaware of 
times and how long I did things for because that was one thing that I said to my partner was that I just wanted no concept of time during my labour. So, yeah, when I say times, it's all very loose. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I sat I think I think sat in the lounge room for, yeah, over an hour just um, breathing through each surge that was um, coming. And is that because you didn't want to be in your analytical brain? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I assume yeah, you yeah. being a teacher means yeah. you would slide easily <laughs> into that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'd, I'd said from – I had made, like, a birth plan where I'd sort of laid out a few things that I were, like, a – I felt really strongly about and one was that I just didn't want to know what time of the day or time of the night it was or how long I'd been doing one particular I just wanted no concept of time um, and it really did work in my favor in the end I think just the way that my brain works is that if I was conscious of the time I'd then I'd be hyper focused on the time aspect and yeah. just being like oh I've been doing this for you know an hour and a half or something and like nothing's changed like I'd be very hyper fixed on stuff like that so I just wanted all sort of time concepts like gone and that was the same with um internal examinations I had said that I didn't want any um done so I knew that yeah if that happened and then I found out you know I was four centimeters and I've been at four centimeters for a couple of hours that would have really disheartened me even though that's not even a gauge of how far along you are like I just knew that that would have just really upset well disheartened me I guess and so just no concept of yeah anything to do with those things really did help me um, just stay focused on just me, what I was doing, what I was feeling and just, yeah, really just listening to my body. That really helped me, helped me do that. Um, because yeah, I, you know, I sat here and I've had a very hush the story with my husband and I've said, Oh, you know, like, I think I was doing this for about two hours. And he's like, no, I reckon that was only 30 minutes. And I'm just completely shocked at how, you know, how, how short something was or how long something felt. It's yeah, it's really interesting when I sort of be, I think back and be like, Oh my gosh, like I was only doing that for, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so just um I think yeah at this point in time I was still comfortable to sort of sit up and just breathe through each surge as they came and it really did feel like a bit of a wave I could sense that it was coming um start getting my breathing going and then just like let it rise up get to the peak and then let it fizzle out again so I found that really helpful the breathing side of um just preempting when one was coming breathing through it and then just relaxing afterwards um after a while, yeah, it started becoming a little bit too uncomfortable. I was getting a bit hot sitting in front of the fire. Um, I needed to start moving around just to sort of, um, I guess, just listen to my body. I wasn't comfortable sitting down anymore. <clears throat> so I got up, I left the lounge room and went into our open living area and just started, yeah, just listening to my body, walking around the house, pacing, swaying. Um, after a little bit, I decided that it was now time to use Um, some pain management Um, so I tried using the wooden cones did not like those Um, they weren't really helpful so I decided to go and sit on the toilet because that was something that I'd heard was um, a really comfortable laboring position so I went and sat on the toilet and I was so comfortable there Um, I lost my mucus plug Um, the entirety came out in one go Um, so that was kind of cool and then after that, I started, I just got this wave of nausea, um, like I was going to vomit. <clears throat> so I just said to my partner, can you just run and grab me a bucket? And I was unfortunately um, sick quite a few times in that round, um, which, you know, in high, you know, now I know is like actually very common for women to feel quite sick and, and actually vomit while in labour. Yeah. Um, after that, I um, decided that, yeah, I wanted to get into the shower. I knew that water was going to be a really big pain management thing for me. Um, and I really tried to hold off on using it too early. Um, so I jumped in the shower. We've got one of those shower heads that um, I can drop down and it was um, just splashing on my lower back. Cause at this point in time, um, the contra- I could just feel the contractions in my back and I didn't actually even have a posterior labor, but I just really felt the contractions in my lower back. So I knew that I really just wanted to have some hot water um, on my back. Um, so I jumped in the shower. I used the labor ball. I was leaning over the labor ball and kneeling and we put the, I had a, a playlist of a labor playlist and just had some beautiful soft soft music, um, some candles playing. It was just a very um, calm and relaxing environment. You know, we're in the middle of the night, it's just candle lit room with some music playing. 
And um, yeah, I just surrendered to what I was feeling. And I really do feel that between the contractions, I was that calm that I almost felt like I was in like a state of sleep between each contraction. And then when a contraction would come, I just start swaying from knee to knee and just breathing, like keeping my breathing going. Um, after a little bit, I became a little bit more conscious of the fact that I wasn't I wasn't really getting a break between the contractions. Even though I was managing them really well, I kind of thought to myself, I'm not feeling like I'm getting much of a break between these contractions. Um, and at that point in time, I think the only two words I was saying to my husband was now and stop because he was on the contraction timer. So <laughs> I said to him, um, can you tell me how far apart these contractions are? Like what is the app saying? And he told me that they were a minute and a half apart. So at that point in time, I said, I think we need to call the midwives because at that point no one actually knew we were in labour because I was kind of thinking it was, you know, going to take a little bit longer than what, what it was currently doing. So I said, I think we should probably call call the hospital, let them know that we're definitely in labour just so that, you know, someone knows that we're at home and we're, <laughs> we're in the process of having a baby. Yeah. Um, so my husband, yeah, he got on the phone, called the hospital and um, it was my midwife who was on shift. So I just remembered yeah, I could hear her yelling down the phone, it's me, it's me, it's a bit, it's oh. me. And I was like, I just remembered thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, she's go- she's going to be here. I was just oh. so happy to hear her voice. Yes. Um, so that was so nice to just know that, you know, I was prepared for it to not be her, but obviously, you know, I've built this beautiful relationship with her. I would have loved for her to have been there to deliver my baby considering we had done this whole journey together and I felt so calm and respected by her that I really wanted her there to be there with me um so yeah I just remembered um Damon said she wants to talk to you and then I went into a contraction so I was just breathing through it and then typical started vomiting and then went back to back into another contraction so I think (laughs) she just waited patiently on the phone for me for about three four minutes and then I finally said hi there I'm so excited that you're gonna be (laughs) and she just said you're doing such a great job she was yeah she was obviously just listened to me go through two contractions and have vomited everywhere so (laughs) (laughs) oh she yeah but she just said you know yep you know it sounds like you're definitely in in that active labor um, she just told me to kind of keep doing what I was doing, but um, she really wanted my contractions to be lasting a little bit longer because at that point they were only lasting 30 seconds, but because they were coming every minute and a half, um, they were just, they were close together, but they weren't very long. So she kind of just said, keep doing what you're doing um, and give us another call when they're lasting a little bit longer. And I just said, yep, yeah, no worries. Like I was really comfortable at this stage kind of thinking, you know, it's, you know, there has to be more time because I'm feeling too in control at the moment. I'm feeling really calm and everything is manageable. Um, so I was like, yep, yeah, no worries. Like I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you soon. You know, see you later. Um, and then got off the phone to her and uh, my husband said, you know, maybe we should consider getting out of the shower. I'm just really conscious of like, you know, the fact that we still need to obviously fill the birthing pool. So I said, yep, yeah, no worries. We'll jump out. And I went back to the toilet. Um, I felt really comfortable on the toilet Um, I sat on the toilet for another 30 minutes and then all of a sudden I had this uncontrollable involuntarily involuntary urge to push and I just went oh my gosh and I just remembered looking into like my husband was still sitting in the hallway what just you know doing the contraction timer and then all of a sudden I just let out this primal growl it was just I was completely just yeah, just letting my body just do it. And I just looked at, I finished the contraction. I looked at my husband and I said, can you go fill the birth pool? <laughs> I, th- I just pushed. <laughs> I can't not push. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think he just kind of went, hang on a second, but we just phoned the hospital and they told you to do yeah. <laughs> like, that's This isn't meant to happen. Like you've got ages to grow. And that ties back to what you said earlier about not wanting to know how far along you were because yep. in the space of one hour, everything can change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, in that 30 minute, I, you know, in hindsight, I must've been going through essentially transition. Um, and it wasn't like what other people I'd sort of like listened to. I was, I, yeah, at that point I was still very comfortably breathing through contractions. So I wasn't even prepared for this moment where a contraction came and I was pushing. Like I wasn't even in that mindset of even thinking that I was close to that moment. So that we, it kind of took me off guard as well. But 
yeah, it is what it is. Like I just sort of thought, okay, well, here we go. Next stage, off we off we go. So my husband, you know, races off, starts filling the pool, and I just yeah, next contraction came, and I just yeah, made this prior I can't even explain it it just sounded like a growl or something I don't know but it just yeah it was just my body doing whatever it needed to do and my husband came running back and I said can you call the hospital and just yeah they need to come now because I'm definitely pushing I I can't stop this Um, and I just remember yeah he called the hospital back and um, my midwife said, yep, we're on our way. No worries. We're going to be about 15 minutes. I only live 10 minutes from the hospital. Um, so I'm like, yep, we'll be there in about 15 minutes. And, um, I just said, no worries. I'll see you soon. And then next minute, my husband comes running back with the phone again. He goes, it's a vet again. She wants to talk to you. And I was thinking, oh, I just spoke to her. What, what now? And then got on the phone to her and she said, you're obviously a lot further along than I thought you were. If you're starting to push this baby out, you're going to have to call an ambulance and a paramedic is going to um, direct your husband through delivering this baby. And I just remember listening to her and thinking, yeah, no worries. I've listened to free birth podcasts. Like I can do this. I'm not, I wasn't, it didn't even scare me. I was just like, yeah, no worries. I'm just going to keep listening to my body. Like I'm fine. I'll see you guys when you get here but my husband's face oh my goodness if you could have seen his face listening to that conversation he was just like "Uh uh-uh that's not happening I need a midwife so yeah I just yeah sat there um my husband ran off continued filling the pool up obviously yeah 10-15 minutes passed and one of the first midwives got there and um she came down and she just sort of said hi my name's Alex and I'm just you know you keep doing you don't worry about me and I just had another contraction she sort of just watched me I finished the contraction she said all right let's get you up off the toilet because we're not having a baby here and I was just like oh my goodness it really is happening like this is confirmed now mm. <laughs> so I remembered walking down the hallway and I had to have support walking down the hallway because obviously my son was so far down the birth canal that I was I could barely walk I just yeah I had to sort of like hobble down the hallway and then um, I got to our kitchen area and I just had a mat, like I had a contraction. And standing up off the toilet, the contraction was very intense. And I had to, yeah, lean over the island bench and my husband was doing the counter pressure, like the squeezing of my hips. And I, the only time that I can sort of say that I saw water, but, you know, it could have been my water breaking or it continuing to leak because I'd had so much time in the water. I didn't really have a moment where I'd noticed that my waters had broken or were leaking. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, a lot of water came out. And then she asked if she could do an internal examination. And I, I agreed to it then because in my birth plan, I'd said that I was happy to have an internal examination once I was pushing and I felt that I was 100% like at that 10 centimetre dilation sort of point. So, um, yeah, she did an internal examination, established that I was um, 10 centimetres and she said, right, let's get in the pool, let's have this baby. So, I, yeah, got in the pool and as soon as I got in the pool, it was just relief. I felt like there was no points of pressure or like my back didn't hurt anymore. I just, it was so comfortable And from then on, when the contractions came, it was just pushing and I didn't even feel like, I don't know, they just shifted. They, they had purpose from that point. And so to me, it just, there was no discomfort in the contractions once I'd gotten into the water and I was pushing when the contractions came, it was just, there was purpose. It was push. It was, you know, get baby down, that kind of thing. So yeah, getting in the water for me was a game changer in staying calm, staying connected with baby, just, yeah, really listening to my body. So that was um, about, I'm going to say just between 2 and 2.30, I think I finally got into the water. So from when I got out of bed at, say, 10.30, you know, a few hours later I was already in water pushing my baby out. So I just, yeah, I was also just, yeah, you know, now that I've got times, it felt really quick to me in the moment. But, yeah, sort of like having the times now and sort of saying, oh, my gosh, like over four hours I'd gotten, you know, all the way through active labour, like it's just, yeah, a bit baffling to me from being a first-time mum. But I really do think it comes down to the environment that I was labouring in just being Mm. the comfort of my home and, you know, a space that I've, you know, just feel so calm and myself in. Um, So I got in the water and at that point I was kneeling because I knew something that I'd said was that I really wanted to use gravity to help bring my baby down. Um, so listening to my body, I felt really comfortable kneeling and then resting over the top of the birth pool. Um, my uh, midwife 
event. So my main midwife, she got there um, not too long after I got into the water. I had a student midwife. She was absolutely incredible. Um, she arrived and then a fourth midwife arrived. Um, and yeah, it was kind of all go from there. It was just a really quiet and peaceful environment though. Like I really did feel that I was actually there on my own, even though I had five other adults in the room with me, I would have been like, I had my eyes closed the whole time. I was completely unaware of, you know, who was actually in the room and that kind of thing. Cause they were all so respectful and they all knew that I really just wanted to just give it a go on my own. So they were all so respectful of that. Um, you know, they just check in with me, you know, every now and again, and they were just, the one thing that they kept saying was just listen to your body. They weren't trying to coach me in any way or um, they just kept saying, just listen to your body. What is your body telling you to do? And just really leaving it all into my my path. So I could really, really respect and appreciate that they let me do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just kept labouring in that position for a while and then I kind of felt like at a point, it, yeah, got a little bit, it's it's sort of, I didn't feel like I was progressing. Um, and I made that vocal. I kind of said, look, I don't really feel like, I feel like I've been here for a really long time. I want to change it up. So they said, how about you give another position a go? So I tried squatting, but I found that um, my hip, I felt like my hip was going to cramp. So I changed it up and I rolled over and I laid, sort of floated in the water. And that really helped, like it got things going again. Um, and I just, yeah, remained completely internal. I was just eyes shut, completely within myself. I don't think I spoke to anyone. Like I keep saying to my husband, did I talk, was I saying anything? Like I know that I was having a lot of internal dialogue, but I've got no idea what I actually verbalised and what I was just saying to myself or thinking to myself and stuff. But he said that, yeah, I was just very quiet and just had my eyes shut and just a contraction came and I just started listening to my body. I wasn't really talking to anyone. Um but, yeah, I found that that, again, really helped me just stay focused and just really be able to listen to my body. Um, so, yeah, I sort of sat in that position for a bit. Um, the midwives, um, they said that, yeah, he was definitely coming down into the birth canal and I asked if I wanted to touch his head um, while he was descending down. So I did. That was such a boost of motivation to keep pushing, just like, yeah, being able to sort of feel his little head coming down. That was amazing. My husband also got to touch his head as he was coming down. And like, it was just those little moments, they were the things that, you know, in the moment you forget that, you know, you forget kind of, yeah, what's happening on the outside, just so internal. It's like, oh, thank you so much for reminding me that, you know, like, you know, that's something that I could do because I was just so internal that, yeah, I was just thinking like just push and, you know, relax and then push and relax. So it was really nice to just be reminded like, hey, do you want to, you know, do you want to do this? This is something that you said that you wanted to do on your birth plan. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I do. Like, absolutely. <laughs> so that was, I love that they did, you know, keep me in check with things like that. Um, my husband, he was business and the whole time he really surprised me. He was so hands-on and just intuitive. Like he was just amazing. So, yeah, through through that whole pushing sort of period, yeah, he was like down that end, us waiting for him to come out because at this point we actually, um, we didn't know um, the gender of our baby. We kept um, the gender a surprise. So we were both so excited for him to finally come out and sort of, yeah, be like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's been you the whole time. So yeah. um, that was, yeah, like a little bit of extra motivation just being able to touch, you know, the baby's head and just say, okay, we're so close. We're going to meet him so soon. Um so I think, yeah, I pushed for just over an hour and a half and then I was um, finally crowning. And when I got to that point, my midwife stepped in and did um, give me some directions just through a few contractions just to stretch out my perineum because um, obviously I wanted to avoid tearing. So she kind of just explained to me, you know, when your contraction comes, do a really big first push and then just kind of hold the tension but just, you know, just let it sort of sit there just to stretch out the area. Um, so I think for around five contractions, we did this, um, just slowly stretching out my perineum and then eventually his head emerged and it was a 100% the burning ring of fire. That was the one time <laughs> that I got really vocal because I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> and yeah, I just said, to, I just, yeah, I just kept saying like, I think I've torn, like I've definitely torn. And I was just kind oh. of like, Adam, I was just very adamant that I was like, yep, that definitely happened. Like that was, that was, that was intense. But that was the first time that I got really vocal throughout like the entire labor, which was, yeah, just, yeah, I wasn't, I don't know what I was expecting, but yeah, it was definitely how to explain it, the burning ring of fire. Um, he, his head emerged and then, um, yeah, he sat there for a little bit You know, I got to feel his head. My husband felt his head. And then with the next contraction, um, 
he was born and uh, my husband um, delivered him with the support of my midwife and they he pulled him straight up onto my chest and his back was to my chest and then um, a tower a, a, um, tower was put straight over the top of him. Okay. And I just, yeah, I just remembered saying, I just had a baby. <laughs> I was just like in complete disbelief that I've just had, I just had the baby. Like I've done, I've di- I did it. I've had a baby. <laughs> I just kept saying like, oh my God, I've had a baby. Like that's all I could say. And I just remember my husband, he said to me, you know, can we find out who it is? Cause we had a couple of names, um, you know, a girl's name and a boy's name that we were really, really loved. He said, can we find out who it is? And I think I initially said no, because <laughs> I was so adamant. I don't know. I, don't, I was completely out of this world, but I was adamant that I was having a boy. So I think during the labor, it it never really yeah. um, came to my mind that it wasn't it was going to be a girl. I just kind of always had in my head that it was going to be a boy. So I think that's kind of maybe where my head state was coming from was that I said no because I was adamant that it was a boy. And then anyway, a moment later he said, can we see who it is? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Who, who is else? I was just on another planet. And, um, yeah, my I, I still had my eyes closed at this point. I still hadn't opened my eyes. And I just remembered at that moment I opened my eyes and I looked at my husband and he was squinting. And for a split second, I thought, oh, my goodness, it's a girl. Because if it was a little boy, I think it would be pretty obvious. And then I said to Damon, who is it? And he said, it's a little boy, but he, his, um, his umbilical cord was tucked over and his legs were together. So it was oh. all tucked and hidden. <laughs> yeah, it would have been pretty obvious if it was um, a little boy. So yeah. I thought for a split second, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's, it's a girl, but no. Um, and then, yeah, it was just completely over the moon. Um, I couldn't believe that, yeah, I just had a baby, that I just had a baby boy. Um, it was just yeah, euphoric. I just, I don't have actual words to sort of describe the moment. You know, we just sat there, you know, my husband on my shoulder looking down, you know, my baby came out screaming away, like, you know, the loudest little lungs I've ever heard. It was just such an incredible experience. And, um, my mum, I didn't mention, she'd been on FaceTime for the whole labour. So oh, she was propped up propped up on the phone because <laughs> um, obviously we had um, restrictions on how many people could be present. So I'd said to my mum, like, I'll have you, I'll FaceTime you when, you know, it's go time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she was on the phone, um, set up. Up on the on the table watching the whole um the whole labor and then the birth so yeah she got held up by one of the midwives and you know I'm just yelling at my mom I've had a baby boy oh. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't believe it so yeah beautiful. it was amazing and then um we called my partner's mum on FaceTime um so we had both mums in the room watching Daly's first moments it was just oh. it was as special as it could be considering the circumstances yeah. so it was just so lovely to have both our parents in the room um you know for Daly's first few moments um, I left the pool pretty soon after that and I laid on a cushion just in our open living area and um, daily latched straight away. That was amazing. Sort of, yeah, crawled straight up and, and latched straight away and I laid there for about an hour um, and I did try to have a physiological birth of my placenta. Um, I think I laid there for about an hour but once I'd had daily, I didn't have another contraction or an urge to push or anything like I yeah it was a bit I didn't feel anything after I gave birth so after an hour I kind of was in that position where I was like look I've spent an hour I'm happy with you know having spent an hour just waiting for it to happen on its own and I accepted to have the injection to um uh, get it out um but unfortunately that made me feel so nauseous afterwards I was almost like instantly felt really Um, shaky and stuff yeah so that was really unfortunate because if I kind of known that I probably would have said no just give me a little bit longer like when I first got out of the water I just said can someone make me a piece of toast I was so hungry and then before I could eat it I had the injection and I felt so nauseous instantly lost my appetite I felt really shaky and weak um it was yeah it was an awful feeling so I was quite um that was unfortunate Mm. um did that feeling pass yeah after four hours like I was quite yeah I wasn't I didn't feel very well for quite a while. Yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, I think I laid there for, yeah, just over an hour. Um, I asked for my placenta. I really wanted to see my placenta. So I said, you know, please, you know, once it's um, passed, don't, please, like, don't get rid of it. I want to have a look at it. My husband uh, cut the cord. Um, so we had delayed cord clamping. So obviously just over an hour um, before uh, daily and the placenta were detached. Um, 
laid there for, yeah, just over an hour, I'd say. And then Daly was weighed and measured. He was 3.28 kilos and 51 centimetres long. And then from straight from being weighed, he went straight onto my husband and my husband and him did skin to skin for another, I'm going to say an hour-ish. Um, and that's when I um, had a look at my placenta and it was just incredible to see this organ that I had literally made from scratch. So as soon as I saw it, I said, yeah, I'm keeping that. Please don't get rid of that. So we've still got that and we'll do something special with it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of gives you a bit of insight to why you feel so nauseous in those first few months because look at what you're creating. So much. I know. And until you, yeah, like it's so hard to comprehend until you actually see it and you know my midwife she was amazing she held up and kind of you know explained you know where the placenta sits inside of um you know your uterus and where the baby is inside of the sac and how yeah it was just amazing sort of yeah having a bit of a run through on how it all works it was just yeah as soon as I saw it I was just like yeah I'm keeping that please don't please don't take that um so yeah my husband did skin to skin and I yeah went and had a shower and just cleaned up and stuff um came back out and then, yeah, I just remembered we were sitting on our living room couch, just the three of us all cuddled up. And I just had this, yeah, I had like a moment where I felt sad because I was like, it's done. I did it. Like it's all, yes. it happened so fast. And, you know, it's something that you prep for for so long. And then, you know, regardless, I guess, of how long your labor goes for, it feels quick. Once it's done, it feels so quick. And I think mm. I just kind of, yeah, I, I mourned it. I grieved it for a minute that it was done. Like it was, I'd finished and you know I've got this you know, I've got my baby now like I can't believe it but mm. you know it was just one of those moments where I kind of just yeah looked over at the dining room where I'd just given birth and just kind of thought like oh my goodness I did this in my own home and it was just yeah it was just a, a really emotional sort of moment where I was just so proud of myself and so proud of my husband and so proud of my baby and so proud of my team um it was just everything that I'd kind of hoped for and I just had like this massive emotional overwhelming feeling towards the whole thing um so yeah after that we my midwife said look you guys go to bed you know get get some rest um I got into bed and I continued doing skin to skin with daily so I think he ended up having almost four hours of skin to skin before we finally swaddled him and put him into his own cot um and then my yeah the midwife sort of started saying goodbye and um my main um, my main midwife, Yvette, she stayed for four hours doing paperwork just out in the living room and, you know, came in and gave Daly a little hug and said, look, I'll see you really soon. And she was off as well. And there we were laying in our own bedroom with our, you know, literally four hour old baby, just thinking, oh my goodness. Like we, (laughs) we, (laughs) literally now what, like we've got a baby and we're in our lounge in our bedroom. What do we do? So that was, yeah. And, yeah, of course, we didn't get any sleep. We just sat there looking at him just, like, completely in awe of just what had unraveled in our own home. It was just the only word I have for it is euphoric. It was amazing. So special. Yeah. How was your postpartum recovery? Um, It was it was smooth, I would say. Um, You know, obviously there's those challenges of yeah. – you know, sleep deprivation and, you know, just, you know, navigate. Yeah. Learning like, you know, this is our first child. Like Mm. I felt, I felt really equipped and, you know, quite knowledgeable, but then when you actually have your baby in your room, you're like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't know how to swaddle it. I don't know how to change this. (laughs) Like you just have like a little moment where you just panic. Um, and you know, like we're, we've been really fortunate to have a pretty smooth breast breastfeeding journey so far. Um, you know, obviously the early days of just, you know, your nipples, getting used to, you know, being fed from, like all of those sort of things, you know, that was a bit challenging. But, you know, we've persisted and and is a great little feeder now. So we've been, yeah, really fortunate to sort of have have quite smooth and we've got such a great support network between our families and our friendship groups. So, yeah, we're very, very lucky to have so many people in our lives that are so hands-on. So, yeah, it's been great. Did you say that you teared? I didn't. No, you I didn't. didn't. Oh, how good. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I did. I was, yeah, I was adamant that I had, but no, I didn't. Um, once we passed the placenta, they did a quick check and it was all intact. So I was stoked. I was, yeah, Perfect. in disbelief, but I was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, her guiding me through those um, few contractions absolutely helped. Um, yeah, so I'm thankful to her for that. <laughs> yeah, our bodies are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. So to wrap up your incredible journey, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there I was I guess I'm I'm 
in a unique situation. I was very fortunate to have four months off before having a baby just because of the nature of my job. Um, but what I would say as advice is to sit with yourself alone, just, you know, quiet, just to connect with your bump and connect with your baby. Um, I spent a lot of time at home just sitting in places where, you know, I thought that I might labor, um, you know, just practicing my breathing and meditating and I guess just envisioning and manifesting the labor and the birth that I wanted. So, um, you know, a piece of advice maybe is, you know, when you're having a shower, Um, you know, that's definitely alone time that you're going to get most days. So, you know, when you're in the shower, just kind of envision yourself and, and, you know, practice that you're in labor, I guess. Like I spent a lot of time just, yeah, being in the shower, especially like, because I knew that that was a place that I wanted to labor in, practicing my breathing in the shower and just, yeah, I think just having moments just to sit with yourself um, alone with no distractions and no noise, just really connecting with bump. I think that, that for me would be one big piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And I also, it goes without saying, I think that knowledge is power. Yeah. And um, for me, um, being educated on the spectrum that is labour and that is birth, I found really empowering because it did help me remain calm because I felt equipped for any possible pathway that might arise during labour. Um, I had my birth intentions, um, but I was educated enough to know that if something did change, I'd remain calm and ultimately I trusted my body and that my body was built to birth this baby and that I just needed to essentially just surrender and just listen to it. Um, So I think, yeah, just knowledge is power. Um, So, yes, you know, spend that time with yourself, spend that time listening to podcasts and, you know, listening, you know, doing the courses and things like that. That would be my two main key pieces of advice. Perfection. Well, it's been wonderful to chat with you today and hear your journey, Madison. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, yeah, really special sharing my pregnancy and my labor and my birth. That brings us to the end of today's show, everyone. Some take-homes for me this episode was the decision Madison made about not wanting to know time. She was very conscious of the fact that her analytical mind would take over, pulling her back into reality and taking her out of her labor zone. We know by now from all the stories that have been shared on PBA that your mental game is profoundly important. Some even say more so than the actual physiological process. And that is because your mind is so incredibly powerful. I really loved how Madison knew this would be something that could interrupt her surges and made it clear with all of her birth team to be mindful of this. What are some of the things that you feel could be a deterrent for you during your labor? Write those things down and take the time to verbalize them with your birth team. If you are birthing in a hospital setting without a definite birth team, then this could be a job for your support person to verbalize to the staff on arrival so that all you have to focus on is staying inward. A gentle reminder that today's sponsor, Expectful, has a seven-day free trial. Head over to expectful.com or find them in the App Store. And if you love PBA, please help us to reach as many women as we can to inspire and educate by leaving a review on your podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.